Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you're here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of Sober Gratitudes. I once was an active alcoholic, and after decades of failed attempts to control my drinking, I finally reached out for help. Letting others help me is why I'm here today, living a life I never thought possible. The suffering of my past was the catalyst I needed to find recovery and be receptive to healing. I created this podcast out of the desire to recover out loud and, with the help of my guests, show you how a better life is possible after addiction. Whether you have been here before or you are a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. Together, we can help those in need. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Thank you again for dropping in today, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in recovery from addiction. It is an inclusive show that does not promote or represent any recovery program. When my guests and I discuss what keeps us sober, we are referring to our own unique experiences. Our goal is to encourage and give hope to those who are struggling and need support. Sober Gratitudes podcast is proud to come together and partner with Valor Fitness Clothing in our mutual mission to support and encourage the recovering community. Based in Los Angeles and inspired by real recovery, Valor Fitness lives up to its mission. With one item sold, Valor Fitness donates one item to a homeless shelter or transitional rehab facility. Because Valor Fitness Clothing supports Sober Gratitudes mission, everyone can receive a discount when shopping. Use the code GRATITUDE20 at checkout. Also, every guest on my podcast will be graciously given a gift certificate from Valor. We're stronger together when we come together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Episode 17 of Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm so glad you came to listen today. My guest for today is Mike. He is an intelligence specialist with the Navy, and he's been doing that for nine years as of today. He reached out to me because he wanted the opportunity to share his story of addiction and getting sober and how life is so much better for him now that he is in recovery. And I'm really thrilled because he just has so much positive energy to share and I know you're going to get so much out of it. So without further ado, welcome, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Great to be here. I'm so happy to have you on my podcast, and I'm just so tickled by how you reached out to me on Twitter and asked to be on my podcast and it warmed my heart because you said, <laughs> you said, I want to help other people because yeah. I feel so good. I don't know if I'm quoting you directly, but <laughs> remind me what you said again when I asked. Um, um, when I I'm, to you. 
I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's pretty close. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it was a long journey for me to be happy with sobriety. So now, if you know, I can help somebody else or give somebody else a pat on the back when they're having a rough day, whatever, then uh, then that's what I like to do. That's how best I can help other people and how best I can help myself stay sober as well. That's great, Mike. Well, tell us about, um, you said your journey and getting sober. Um, let's hear about that. So, um, you know, I used to be a good kid. Uh, my, my first drink was on my 21st birthday. Um, people generally don't believe me there, but uh, it was, it was a, it was a strawberry daiquiri because I wanted to embarrass my dad at a dive bar. But, uh, yeah, so I used to be a good kid and, uh, for a while when I was in college, it was just social drinking. Um, and eventually things started to progress and I started drinking alone and it brought out, uh, depression that I had been, uh, you know, kind of suffering from. It was, my depression was kind of on and off a lot of the time when I was growing up, um, and I was bouncing between my parents divorced when I was young and I was bouncing between my dad's house, and my mom's house. And, uh, uh, eventually things, uh, sorry, I'm kind of bouncing around here, kind That's of jumbled. Okay. but, um, when I really started drinking heavily was, uh, I was about 23 my fiance and I had broken up and, uh, started drinking alone a lot. And, uh, and that basically continued every night and I would set rules for myself no drinks before six o'clock and no drinks after nine o'clock because I had to make it to work in the morning. And then eventually I'd find ways to cheat on my own rules, which just makes no sense at all because I'm the one who <laughs> made the rules for myself, but right. it was how I justified it to myself. And, uh, you know, eventually years later, I, uh, I met my wife when we were uh, in college and I joined the Navy and, uh, you know, things were pretty good for a while, but, you know, it's really easy, especially in the Navy with a, we have a pretty heavy drinking culture anyway. Drinking is very prevalent throughout the military. It was real easy to just continue that trend and uh, just get blackout drunk every night. As long as I can show up to work on time and do my job, it doesn't matter what I did outside of work. And... Uh, my on one of my deployments I left when my wife was pregnant uh so I came back from deployment and had a five-month-old son that I hadn't met before and that deployment really really threw me for a loop uh as far as uh my mental health I was drinking constantly I was upset about not having been there when my son was born um and came back and the drinking just continued uh, and my wife was a heavy drinker too but you know, as long as one of us was sober uh, because of the baby, then things were okay. And uh, after that, I got orders to move to Washington, D.C. And uh, about a month before moving up here, I got a DUI. And, uh, of course, that didn't make anything better. Um, just compounded problems. I didn't stop drinking. Uh and eventually moved up to D.C. The Navy put me in substance abuse counseling in their substance abuse rehabilitation program. And uh, I was I was forced to be sober because I had urine tests, but I wasn't happy. You know, I was miserable. I kept uh, even in the group sessions, I would say, I wish I could be a normal drinker. 
you know, have, have one or two drinks during the game. I just want to be a normal drinker. And I was miserable. I was sober, but I hated life. I hated myself. And uh, depression was really bad. And it, uh, it was something that I still wasn't addressing properly. Um, and eventually I uh, had a couple relapses. Uh, and the last one was a big one. My boss showed up at my house on a Tuesday. I thought it was Monday. And uh, because of that, the, uh, the Navy sent me to rehab, to a 30-day inpatient facility. And that was easily one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Um, 30 days of really in-depth counseling, focusing on uh, things from my childhood that I had blocked out, things that I had ignored or drowned away, really made me address the problems in my life um, and why I was so unhappy with myself. And uh, eventually after, you know, after a month of intensive counseling and rehab, things are finally better. Um, I'm almost seven months sober. I'll be seven months sober on the eighth in just a few days. Congratulations. And, oh, thank you. And uh, I'm actually happy this time, you know, even with the quarantine, you know, I've been stuck at home for almost eight weeks now. Mm-hmm. You know, the urge to drink, I still have cravings sometimes. They pop up, but just find an activity and it passes within, you know, 10 minutes or so. And I don't even want to drink this time. I don't want to be a normal drinker because I can't. I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, yeah, it took a, a long time to get to this point, but finally happy with who I am. I can look at myself in the mirror without saying a lot of really nasty things to myself. Oh, that's wonderful. And Mike, you know, that's a great story. And you, and you said a whole lot in a short amount of time and I have a ton of questions. And <laughs> I'm, I'm re- you really, you like, you packed it in there with a punch. And um, I am, I suspect, I have, I suspect why you kind of came around this time, but tell me maybe i'm wrong with what i suspect but so tell me what it was that finally kind of helped you to say like what you say come around to finally like having it stick if you will like the sobriety thing like because you were kind of in and out in and out Mm -hmm. on and off the wagon you know and then then you went to rehab and then after that it seemed like it stuck for you say can you say more about that yeah it was it's it's really my son. He's about two and a half now. And, you know, he means the world to me during that, uh, that relapse, right before going to, uh, rehab, Mm -hmm. I, uh, well, after that happened, I got in, I'm, I was, uh, investigated by family advocacy for child neglect, Mm -hmm. um, because I was drinking. There was a sober adult in the house. The child was not neglected. You know, he was never in any danger, but there was still an investigation done on me um, for family advocacy. And just knowing that if I continue this path, not only am I just hurting myself, but I'm hurting him, you know. And like I said, he's he's everything to me, even when he's a pain in the butt. And Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want well, don't want to lose him, definitely. But I don't want him to see me like that. You know, even with a sober, two sober adults in the house, actually, I don't want to risk hurting him at all. Anything happening. 
you know, That's he's, he's really the thing that, that keeps me sober. That's wonderful. Are there now, if, if he wasn't, if he hadn't been born yet and you were at a place where you, you know, went to rehab, is there anything else? Like you, you talked about the rehab being really intensive and they touched on a lot of stuff. Are you open to talking about things that they touched on? Um, yeah, about absolutely. Your, your childhood and great. Wonderful. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the, you know, my parents divorced when I was three and um, I don't, remember a whole lot but what I do remember is my my mother's very um emotionally psychologically uh abusive Mm. um my my entire childhood which is why I kind of bounced back and forth um because I always wanted to stay with my dad but you know for (laughs) somehow my mom always managed to get custody back Mm. uh made no sense to me but um yeah, I just, I, I remember growing up, you know, she basically hated me. Uh, she would tell me that um, and tell me things that, you know, I wish I'd never had you. You're, I hope you end up in prison so that I don't have to see you on holidays. That was a fun one. Um, oh, gosh, that's awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Um a little physical abuse, but most mostly just um, psychologically. And this one, I'm, you know, my formative years when I'm a child. And uh, it, was, it was definitely yeah. stuff that I, I never addressed. You know, I, I would make jokes about it um, until being forced to address it. And I would always talk down to myself. It was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, so to speak. The things that she would tell me. I would say to myself and I would just run myself into the gutter um, and never even never acknowledging the good things that I do. Uh, and it took a lot to move past that and realize that I'm not worthless. Like my mother told me when I was a child. Wow. That, that is unbelievable that you came around from that. And do you feel that you've, that with the rehab that you um, had, it sounds like a fabulous rehab facility uh, that absolutely. you had. Um, and they were really on the mark. Um, so they addressed things, you know, of your, your past and, and um, the pain of your past and to be able to, to be able to address that and to acknowledge it. That's a hard thing to do. And I think especially for men, um, I mean, for a lot of people in general, it is hard, but for men who, you know, especially a man who's in the Navy, mm-hmm. you know, supposed to be a tough guy, you know, exactly. drink with all the, the best of them, you know, and it sounds like that was, you know, like you said, a very easy thing to do. And that's what seems like an, a very acceptable activity that goes on. Oh, absolutely. At our, at our holiday party last year, if you bought a ticket to the holiday party, it came with two free drink tickets. Mm. it's just so Mm -hmm. prevalent yeah (laughs) yeah so you're not you're not working though right now is it because of the covid Uh, that's correct i've never been happier to be considered non-essential before (laughs) (laughs) uh but yes uh out of work right now so i can grow my goatee it's looking fantastic finally (laughs) so that what you were you came back to the navy before the covid and so you got were you able to experience working 
yes your job and and so how was that coming back as a sober person and and it sounds like you're a solid solid sober person uh, back at work where it was very different prior to going to rehab the hardest part is changing the narrative you know I've been such a I came here a month after I got a DUI so I'm already you know already have a big black mark before I even get to the command and I wasn't doing anything to help myself. You know, I was, like I said earlier, I was just, I was sober, but I was miserable. And add, add two relapses into that and a family advocacy investigation. And uh, when I got back, they had a disciplinary review board for me and went all the way up to captain's mast and our CO, uh, I got demoted. I got busted down in rank because of all of this. Um mm-hmm. You know, the, the big thing is, though, that didn't bother me, surprisingly. Um, that should've... Yeah, say more about that. Yeah, I wanna, I'm curious because I'm thinking, I'm like, if there's a young man out, out there listening to this episode mm-hmm. and they hear you, uh, you're in your 30s, you have a, a wife and a child and you're in the Navy and you're still in the Navy and you went through all of this yet you sound really solid. And I know too, from talking to you, you know, last week prior to this interview that you really sound like you, you're very content. I saw your face, you know, we did a FaceTime talk. You really, there's this peace and serenity about you, a confidence that, you know, I don't, I see a lack of shame, a lack of embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Can you say more about that? Because I bet, like, I wonder what like men are listening to thinking, how is he not like, totally embarrassed and how like what you know what what was it how is it that he feels that way so yeah so I'm curious to know more about that absolutely I mean you hit the nail on the head I I'm comfortable with who I am now um and even having gone through that at work and just the shame and embarrassment of my entire leadership telling me I'm a bad father it should have affected me a lot more, but it's the it's the inner peace that I managed to reach um, during my last couple of weeks at rehab. Uh, like the like you said, it was a fantastic facility, wonderful counselors. Um, I, I really was just I'm I'm able to like myself. You know, even even the embarrassment of standing there getting demoted, it just doesn't it doesn't bother me because I know who I am. I'm a fantastic person. I'm a fantastic father. And that's really all that matters. I'm happy and I don't give a damn what they think about me. That's, that's great. And so you, I love what you said. You reached an inner peace. Mm-hmm. How, how did you reach that inner peace? You know, the, I can, I can pinpoint when it happened. My, one of my uh, last counseling sessions, individual sessions when I was in rehab, my uh, counselor, she, she had been listening to me for, for weeks talk about how much I hated myself and everything that was wrong with me. And uh, she wrote on a piece of paper, she put old Mike, wrote on a piece of paper, put it in a chair and said, tell old Mike how you feel about him. And, you know, there, there was the moment of clarity after you know, weeks of therapy and counseling, there was just that moment of clarity where I could just look at old Mike and say, F you, you have no idea what you're talking about when you look at yourself and say you're a piece of crap. It just, I don't know. It it clicked. 
and uh you know I, I put old mike in the past there's obviously still issues there that i'm dealing with but just putting old mike in the past and moving forward knowing that i'm that i'm worth it oh i love it i love how she had you talk to your old self or that that self that you were trying to break from i guess mm-hmm. you know or or, or and it is a pro, like you said, you know, we're not perfect. We still are growing and learning how to mm-hmm. love ourselves and how to accept ourselves. And we encounter situations that kind of trigger our old behaviors, our old, our old patterns, you know, the old memos that we got about how we should act or how we should feel about ourselves. And especially mm-hmm. with you growing up with a mother, that's that, that's a, that abusive, you know, I can't imagine. And I have three sons. I cannot imagine saying anything that I mean that just breaks my heart and to hear you having you're in a place of recovery from that and Mm -hmm. I'm sure like you are still young you have a lifetime ahead of you to to work through um, anything else that you need to work through but you sounds like that rehab gave you such a strong foundation can we mention it or is is it no it it was uh yeah it was um it was at Fort Belvoir uh in uh Virginia the Fort Belvoir Hospital is it associated with the Navy? So yes. only people from the Navy? Okay. That's, so yes, it is. Exclusively Navy. Okay. Okay. And so, and so do you find, do you talk with, you know, people um, that like what, in terms of friendships and people that you like men, men and women that you work with in the Navy, like, have you talked to them about your experience, the rehab and, or is it something that, you know, you're not supposed to talk about? Like, how does it work? No, it's, curious. you know, with my uh, with my coworkers, it's not really something I talk about. Um, not mm-hmm. for any real reason. I just don't share any aspects of my personal life with coworkers, really. Um, n- at least not the coworkers here. We just don't. I'm just not close to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were warned when I got here not to uh, not to get too close to me because I'm a troublemaker. Well, ah. Oh yeah, so that's fun. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, I still do uh, weekly group counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people there, obviously I've talked to, talked about everything with them, uh, a couple friends, um, family members I've talked to, but, um, that's about it. Okay. And so with regards to, um, relationships, cause I know that for me and my recovery and, and pe- people who listen to my podcast know that, <laughs> you know, I've spoken about how a big part of recovery is not just putting down the drink it's you know we're working on like self like self-discovery understanding why we drank healing old wounds maybe like for me discovering that I have I had untreated chronic um, depressive disorder and anxiety and um, needed medication and still do for that and there's no shame in it and it's working for me now because I'm not drinking Cause I, I don't know if people know that like I used to be, I used to drink and take antidepressants be like, well, it's not working. I guess I'm not depressed, <laughs> right. but you know, you're drinking and you're taking antidepressants. It's counterintuitive. It's yes. not going to help you. It's not going to help. So now that I'm not drinking, I'm taking these medications. They're working and I have a great design for, um, you know, for living with my program of recovery and all that. So what, what keeps you sober today and how have like, I know you're still in early recovery and, um, and sounds like you have s- such a strong foundation and the love of a wife and a son and, um, and that, and that's incredible, that support, um, and something to live for and the self-love that you have, this, the reaching of inner peace is just 
phenomenal. I mean, that's just, that, you know, I, I love to hear when men get sober or men like he work to heal themselves because, you know, men, I think grow up and I was so, I was so, um, wanting to be cognizant of that when I had boy after boy after boy when we were having our family, right. you know, that I'm like, you know, like I want my sons to know that they can, you know, they can talk about feelings that they're, they don't have to like be tough and, you right. know, like that, you know, the, the old, you know, the old fashioned, of version, course. you know, that, you know, being tough, but, um, I'm kind of rambling at this point just because <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited that I've got a young man on, you know, my podcast for the first time and, and get to hear, you know, a really great story. But, um, how do you, how do you stay sober today? I know you have your, your son that motivates you, but what, is there any, tell me about what your day to day and day um, looks like with, and with regards to recovery and sobriety. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously a bit different, you know, right now because of the, the quarantine. Um, but you know, the way I deal with things right now is, Uh, you know, when, when a craving hits, I'll tell my wife about it right away. Um, the first time I was getting sober before the relapse, I, I didn't tell her. I just was basically miserable the rest of the afternoon. And now we can talk things through and, uh, she helps me. There's not, you know, a whole lot she can do. It's just me talking about it and, uh, eventually it'll pass. Um, but you know, it's really finding activities to do, especially now when there's no work. Um, you know, my spur of the moment a few weeks ago, my son and I started digging up the backyard so we could plant a garden and then we found worms. So now we get to play with squirmy worms all the time. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's, it's just fun. Um, back when I was, when I still had work, you know, luckily there's that distraction most of the day and work was always a big trigger for me because I was, I was miserable being there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now I just, you know, it kind of goes back to brushing everything off when people say negative things. I know that I'm worth it. I don't really care if, if, uh, if something bad happens at work, I'm not going to let it affect me and say, well, today was horrible. I'm going to stop and get a bottle on the way home. You know, I, I don't, have to white knuckle it driving past liquor stores on the way home anymore thankfully it's just a matter of you know let letting the the negative thoughts the the negative things that happen throughout the day just brush them off and just move past as as best i can Mm -hmm. and thankfully thankfully that's working this time well that's great that's that's incredible and so how how do you feel um, now, like during this whole COVID? Um, is it uh, like what's that experience been like for you? It's been it's been great for me. You know, I know a lot of people are out of work, and you know, there's people getting sick and dying. I know it's it's obviously a miserable thing that's happening. It's horrible, but you know, for me personally, I get to I get to spend every day with my wife and my son and my puppy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't have similar problems that a lot of people do. I'm very fortunate in that. And that's definitely something that I'm grateful for every day. I, I get to spend my day with my family. And it's, it's been fantastic. 
That's beautiful. And it would look different if you were drinking. I would oh, imagine. my goodness. Absolutely. Um, you know, when, when my son uh, crawls out of his bed, he started crawling out of his bed two weeks ago. Um, yes. And when he crawls out of his <laughs> bed and wakes me up uh, at 730 in the morning, if I was drinking, that would be horrible. And I would just be annoyed all day and have a headache, be sick. I mean, you know the feelings that come with a hangover. Um, yes, I do. All too well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, I'm still not happy about being woken up at 730, but it's not going to piss me off. You know, it's it's not going to ruin my day. I'm just going to drink a cup of coffee. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We change so much when we get sober and when we get to experience life without alcohol and we realize that life is manageable life is in can be enjoyable Absolutely. without picking up and um what a gift that you've been able to you know b- like build a strong foundation of you know intensive um psychological count ca- like counseling based on the the awful abuse that you endured as a child and as, as a youngster and that, you know, that it's, that's just uh, makes me very, very sad to hear that. But then I am so incredibly grateful to, to be talking to somebody who, who has not died from this, mm-hmm. you know, that you, that you are one of the lucky ones, but also someone who really clearly wanted it clearly wanted to change and wanted to make a different, you know, like wanted to, to do better and be better. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest changes between this time and the first time I was getting sober was I was, I was getting sober because I was forced to get sober Mm. because the Navy said, you're going to be in a lot of trouble if you screw this up. And, um, and this time, I I enjoy being sober, you know, I'm doing it for me, doing it for my family, not doing it because I'm being told do this or you're going to get a spanking. Mm. You know, it's real nice to be feeling this way. And, you know, one of the things that that uh, I realized um, when when I started working on projects during this quarantine was, uh, you know, years ago, I would say, you know, I need to work on a project. I'm going to have a few drinks and then start working on it. You know, I'm going to have a few drinks and then start painting the garage. I always had to have a few drinks. And then, of course, never got anything done. Mm-hmm. You know, or had to redo it because I screwed something up. You know, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not worried about that this time. Now, when I screw something up, it's because I just screwed it up, not because I was drinking. Right. It's just... It's much better going through all of this sober. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is amazing. It's a, it's a miracle. And I know that, you know, that if I were to start picking up and drinking again today, especially today during such uncertainty yep. and fear um, that, that, that I would be creating more problems. Absolutely. If I start if I start picking up because being sober, you know, I've learned that, you know, that my drinking was, you know, a, a solution, the solution 
to what I thought were all my problems Mm -hmm. and, and it, it, but it wasn't, it was, it was, you know, the, the symptom of, of all of these unresolved issues of my past. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, some people think, well, you know, well, some people can have like a, a really great childhood and nothing, nothing has gone wrong. They have no, you know, anxiety, <clears throat> depression, no kind of mental health issues, but they become alcoholics because, because alcoholics are alcoholics. Some people are, right. some people aren't. And, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter where you come from. It's like, you are, you are, you are not, mm-hmm. but you know, but there's that, like when we, when we're drinking, we really are truly numbing uh, anything, any kind of like normal feelings we have about anything. absolutely and and it's not healthy it's like, like, i i am just so grateful that i i get to respond to what's going on to, in the world to my children in a way that's not like over dramatic and um and i get to be more present with how they're feeling mm-hmm. and i'm not obsessed with what i'm being you know what burdened with you know that that you know that I can, I can, I have the strong foundation in my program of recovery strong enough so that I'm able to be strong and present and with my children and not be afraid of what they say Absolutely. And what they're, and what they're dealing with. And, you know, I just think of your little boy, how lucky he is to have a sober dad, sober parents, mm-hmm. you know, because that, because you're teaching him that that's not you know, drinking is not the solution to problems. Right. It's like drink, you know, that, that, um, that there's much healthier ways of, of dealing with issues and, and celebrating things, you know, Absolutely. just because we, you know, pass a test or turn a certain birthday doesn't mean we all have to get drunk, you know? So, right. um, yeah, what a great story you have. I'm, and Mike, I'm just, I, I just have to say again that, you know, on my Twitter account, I, I invite people to, and I'll pull up my profile right here. I changed it because, you know, I, I say on my profile on Twitter, has your life transformed in amazing ways because you got sober? If so, I want you on my podcast. Let's connect so we can help others. And literally, Mike, moments after I changed that, <laughs> I got, I got a message from you. I was like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, um, and I'm like, and then hearing that you're like this young father and hearing a little bit about your story. Um, I was just so thrilled because that's what, you know, that, that's the kind, those are the kind of people you are the kind of people I want on my podcast yes. to, to show that life, we are transformed, right? It's just this transformation that it's like, it's, it's some, sometimes hard to articulate oh, but for abs- those of us that have experienced it. It's amazing. Absolutely. And you know, one thing I noticed was, uh, I, you know, I, I just got Twitter a couple weeks ago, mostly so that I could post random thoughts that I have. Um, uh-huh. And then I noticed there was a, a big community of yeah. people getting sober, people that are sober, people, people that are starting out in sobriety at this time. That that level of strength is just incredible. I see people that are one week, two weeks sober. When I was two weeks sober, I was having panic attacks because I couldn't deal with the emotions and the feelings that were coming up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine trying to do that, you know, right now. Luckily, I was in rehab when that was happening. Um, it's just 
you know, the yeah. strength of people that are out there in this, in this community, the courage of people that are starting this journey or continuing this journey. It, it astounds me really. It's fantastic to see. Now I realize that Twitter is for more than arguing with people and posting random thoughts. Mm-hmm. It is. And Instagram and Facebook has a community. Instagram too has a really great sober community okay. on there. Um, for me, like the, 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 it's an extension of my program of recovery that I'm in and it's a wonderful extension Absolutely. and it's, it's, I've been able to build this, you know, um, the, the venue for, for people like you to share their stories of hope. And because that's what we want to do when we get sober and we feel better, mm-hmm. we want to, and that's what you told me. And I was just so pumped that you said that, and I'm like, this guy's going to be great. And, um, and, and then I was going to say one more thing that, that, um, you know, we have in this, we're all quarantined right now for the most part. I mean, I don't know how many like meeting there's like lots, there's like 300 and something recovery type meetings for addiction and, you know, alcoholism and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, but so much is on zoom. We, you know, like people listening are like, okay, zoom or Google Meet, whatever you can find. I mean, all over the world, like I am so pumped that like my goal right now is to go travel the world um, to different Zoom meetings (laughs) and meet other people who are in recovery because, you know, this is, you know, I'm not going to sit and wallow like I'm going to try to make use of my time in a positive way. And and yeah, I, too, love seeing the the communities on on Twitter, the recovery posse and the people that support each other and um and that, and I can't imagine getting so, like you said, I can't imagine like choosing to get sober right now, but I hope these people know that there are other ways, you know, that they're, they don't have to just rely on Twitter, that they can, they can find right. other, you know, and they're, and they're advertised all over the place, all t- types of different programs of recovery that, that help. Cause reaching out for help and having somebody like I, I always need, you know, my program, I always need my community of people. Right. Um, every day so um, we can find that um, so easily now yes you know with 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 um, social media and with the internet yeah absolutely so, it's, it's fantastic yeah yeah so um so what tell me one thing I posted um, today and you yeah, I think you're one of the couple that answered was you know what I am grateful for dot 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 and, you know, in lieu of the, this is sober gratitudes, I always have to kind of wrap up, you know, close the loop <laughs> on the interview with, you know, what are, like, t- tell me, I know what your gratitudes are. I think you said bananas. <laughs> bananas. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, you know, of course, your son and, and, and your um, no hangovers or something, I think mm-hmm. you said. And, but what, what can you say has been one of your, most um i'd love to hear about the unexpected gratitudes the things that you did not expect would happen in sobriety that are awesome have you have you Hmm. felt that you've experienced something like that you were like wow i didn't think this would happen when i stopped drinking i'm so grateful for this uh nothing nothing that i've noticed actually uh well Time will tell. Absolutely, yeah. More miracles. Absolutely. I'm sure if I if I gave it a little more thought, uh, 
there's there's definitely a bunch, but um, I don't know. Nothing's popping into my head at this moment. I'm just. <laughs> but we know for sure that it's bananas. Bananas, and... <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, you know, you you clearly are somebody that is grateful to be sober, and which is why you reached out to me. And and I guess what would you say to, you know, I know you you spoke of like wanting to send a message out to people. Can you say more about that before we close up? Like what, like, yeah, the, what, what is it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. Probably if uh, the, the single most important thing that I think um, to make sure people that are starting out in recovery know is that, you know, and I see this on Twitter a lot, people that are a couple weeks in, they had, they're having, you know, two or three really bad days in a row. And then there's euphoria and then there's more bad days. And that's, that's just something that is going to happen. This is extremely difficult. You know, I didn't, I never realized that not doing something could be this challenging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's, uh, I mean, cunning, baffling, powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That pretty much says it all, but it's a, it's a very difficult journey and you always have to reach out to people. You know, it's not something that, that you can do on your own. Um, generally speaking, mm-hmm. um, having the community, even if it's an online community of people that you don't actually know, you know, anything, just reaching out to somebody when you're having a bad day is just extremely beneficial. That's, that's what I had to learn. And now, I mean, I call my grandma three or four times a week, you Aww. know, she's, she's just someone that I talk to not even, not even about recovery. I just talked to her mm-hmm. for 10 minutes or so and and that does it for me. You know, in addition to the rest of my circle, but she's one of the biggest ones that that I call a lot more now that I'm sober. That's wonderful. And 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 with that, you know, you I love I just want to reinforce that you know, wow, you came from a place of getting a DUI you know, being forced out into intensive, you know, inpatient rehab. Mm -hmm. um, And now you're, you're at a place of inner peace and that you like yourself and you feel you're worth it. I mean, that alone, I mean, what an amazing thing that, that you get, that you get to feel that way. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's because you stopped drinking. Absolutely. And you, and you dealt with the things that you need to deal with. It's a, and it's that easy. It really is. Right? And even though it is, like I can't, like you said, it is fucking hard. You know, it <laughs> is really hard. You know, like I do drop the F-bomb here and there. But, um, you know, it is really, really hard. And I'm not going to, I can't like sugarcoat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's really, really hard. But like you said, like it is so worth it. You've said it a couple of times in the course of this conversation that it's it's so worth it if people just can hold on, you know, take it a day at a Absolutely. time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like I said, when I was I was when I was in rehab, I'm excusing myself out of uh, group sessions because I'm in the midst of a panic attack, and I just hell. At one point, I laid on the floor in the bathroom in my room and just sobbed. Aww, you know, I, yeah. I couldn't give you a reason why. Just everything, every emotion 
everything that I've been drowning away for years just came up all at once. And that was extremely difficult to deal with, even in that environment that's, you know, meant to push you there and meant to give you, you know, counseling and resources afterwards. It was extremely difficult, even in that environment. It's just, I mean, absolutely. I I used to tell my wife that sobriety drove me crazy um, because I'm so used to not, not dealing with things and not having emotions. And uh, yeah, having, having people to talk through it, especially right now during the quarantine and whatnot and murder hornets um, that are coming out. uh, Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Mm hmm. But, you know, and, and I want to say again, and, and, and I love what you said about how you, you know, you, you, you are truly one of the lucky ones and you're one of the most courageous ones um, who, who let you let yourself cry. You let yourself, you allowed yourself that grieving, you allowed yourself to deal with those tough emotions that, that um, were really you know, that you were formerly numbing. Mm-hmm. And of course it's going to come out with a vengeance because you, you were numbing it for oh, so long. Yes. And, and to be free of that, you know, is such a gift. It's a, it's such a, it makes living life so much easier when you can just have not, I know for me, just having shit resolved and done with from my past and mm-hmm. I can move forward in a life of, of helping others because sobriety is is the best thing I ever did for myself and for my family. Absolutely. And it continues to just keep it keeps getting better. And I'm excited for mm-hmm. you. And we're gonna stay, we're gonna stay in touch. Absolutely. You know, I'm gonna be yeah, and see that little boy of yours grow. And and that is just <laughs> he's a lucky guy. And you and sounds like a beautiful family you have. And I can't thank you enough. Um, for anyone who has questions about this, um you know, podcast, this particular episode, um, anyone who's struggling, um, you know, there, there is an easier way. Um, if, if you surrender and if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and like Mike did and allow yourself to, to be helped because now you're so, you're so young and you have your whole life (laughs) ahead of you. And I'm just, I'm just so excited for you. Me (laughs) too. Me too. It's definitely different now. Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you again, Mike, for, for taking the time out um, from your day and, and sharing your story and sharing your hope and recovery. And I know you're going to touch so many people with this conversation. Yep. So thank, thank, thank you, you for, uh, for doing this. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Oh, I enjoy it, but I can't do it without people like you asking to come on and, and share their experience. So so that's great. Yeah, Thank you so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Always happy to help. Okay. Well, you have a great day, Mike, and I, I wish you all the best. Yes, ma'am. And and I'll I'll see you on Twitter. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> you have a nice day. Okay. You Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.